0: In the year 1681, England's King Charles II provided a large piece of land in North America to William Penn. Hello, my name is Frank DeFreitas and I would like to welcome you to Wonders of the Bible. William Penn's newly gifted land from the King is now known as two states, Pennsylvania and Delaware. Penn took his first steps onto North American soil in 1682 in an area known today as New Castle, which is now the capital of the state of Delaware. Penn then continued up the Delaware River and founded the city of Philadelphia. Before traveling to the Americas, William Penn wrote several books that are now considered classics. One of those books is titled No Cross, no crown, and was written while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London due to his religious beliefs. For this installment of Wonders of the Bible, I would like to read the preface of his book for your listening enjoyment. Before I begin, I would like to say that, in my youth, I would ride my bicycle from Barrington, New Jersey, to Philadelphia each day to attend the Philadelphia Printing School on Market Street. Therefore, I was always aware of the statue of William Penn, affectionately known to us locals as Billy Penn, standing on the very top of City Hall, where he stands to this day. At one time, there was a city ordinance that said no building could be taller than William Penn's hat. This made the statue on top of City Hall visible for miles around, even from across the river in the state of New Jersey. That ordinance is no longer in effect, and today there are many skyscrapers that stand taller than Billy Penn's hat. There is a lot to learn about William Penn, and of course you can find out all you need to know about him on the Internet today. For now, I would like to read the preface that he wrote to his classic book, No Cross, No Crown. The Great Business of Man's Life is to answer the end for which he lives, and that is, to glorify God and experience his salvation. This is the decree of heaven, as old as the world, but so it is that man minds nothing less than what he should mind most, and refuses to inquire into his own being, its origin, duty, and end choosing rather to dedicate his days to gratify the pride, greed, and luxury of his heart, as if he had been born for himself, or given himself being, and so not subject to the reckoning and judgment of a superior power. To this lamentable predicament poor man has brought himself, By his disobedience to the law of God in his heart, by doing that which he knows he should not do, and leaving undone what he knows he should do. So long as this disease continues upon man, he will make God his enemy, and make himself incapable of the love and salvation which God has manifested by his Son, Jesus Christ, to the world. If you are such a one, my counsel to you is to retire into yourself and take a view of the condition of your soul. For Christ has given you light with which to do it. Search carefully and thoroughly. Your life hangs upon it. Your soul is at stake. Your life is but once to be lived. If you abuse it, the loss is irreparable. The world is not price enough to ransom you. Will you then, for such a world as this, ignore the time of your visitation and lose your soul? Do not provoke God to reject you. Do you know what it is to be rejected? It is Tophet. It is hell. The eternal anguish of the damned. As one knowing the terrors of the Lord, I persuade you to be serious diligent, and fervent about your own salvation. As one knowing the comfort, peace, joy, and pleasure of the ways of righteousness, I exhort and invite you to embrace the reproofs and convictions of Christ's light and spirit in your own conscience, and bear the judgment of your sin. The fire burns only the stubble, the wind blows only the chaff, Yield your body, soul, and spirit to him who makes all things new, a new heavens, a new earth, new love, new joy, new peace, new works, a new life and conduct. Men have grown corrupt and drossy by sin, and they must be saved through fire, which purges it away. For this reason, the word of God is compared to a fire, and the day of salvation to an oven, and Christ himself to a refiner of gold and a purifier of silver. Come, hearken to me a while. I seek your salvation. That is my design. A refiner has come near you. His grace has appeared to you, a grace which shows you the world's lusts and teaches you to deny them. Receive his leaven, and it will change you. Receive his medicine, and it will cure you. He is as infallible as he is free. A touch of his garment did it of old, and will do it still. For his virtue is the same, and cannot be exhausted. In him the fullness dwells. Blessed be God for his sufficiency. He laid help upon him that he might be mighty to save all that come to God through him. Do so, and he will change you. Yes, he will change your vile body like unto his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. What then must we do to be witness of his power and love? This is the crown. But where is the cross? Where is the bitter cup and bloody baptism? Come, reader, be like him. For this transcendent joy, lift up your head above the world. Then your salvation will draw near indeed. Christ's cross is Christ's way to Christ's crown. This is the subject of the following discourse first written during my confinement in the Tower of London in the year 1668, now reprinted with great enlargement of matter and testimonies, that you may be one to Christ, or, if one already, brought nearer to him. It is a path which God in his everlasting kindness guided my feet into the flower of my youth, when about twenty-two years of age, he took me by the hand and led me out of the pleasures, vanities, and hopes of the world. I have tasted of Christ's judgment and of his mercies and of the world's frowns and reproaches. I rejoice in my experience and dedicate it to your service in Christ. To my country and to the world of Christians, I leave it, May God, if he please, make it effectual to them all and turn their hearts from that envy, hatred, and bitterness they have one against another about worldly things, sacrificing humanity and charity to ambition and covetedness because of which they fill the earth with trouble and oppression. And may they receive the Spirit of Christ into their hearts, the fruits of which are love, peace, joy, temperance and patience, brotherly kindness and charity, and so in body, soul and spirit, make a triple league against the world, the flesh and the devil, the only common enemies of mankind. Thus, having conquered their enemies by the power of the cross of Jesus, and through a life of self-denial, they may at last attain the eternal rest and kingdom of God. So desires and so praise your fervent Christian friend, William Penn. Once again, my name is Frank DeFreitas and may God bless you today and every day. And remember to always love others just as Jesus Christ loves you.